And we're back. Welcome to the Mammon Podcast, Mike and Mike on Mike. This week we're going to be discussing our top fives, and since we're back with a bang, it's our top five action films. Mike, you missed recording? Glad I have. Back. I am. I am glad. Um, it's been nice, hasn't it, to have, a, to have a bit of a break and think about where we want Mammon to go in the future. And we're, we're excited that we're carrying on with the top five as usual, because we didn't want to lose that. No. And we're also excited to have some new shows as well. Yeah, if you followed us on uh, any of our social media feeds, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you can find us at, at Mammon Podcast. Um, you'll see a few little teasers about what's to come, and there should also be a trailer, and that was from Saturday. So if you have a look at that, you can have a listen to see what we've got in store for you. As well as that, we've uh, also started up a Patreon, so there's obviously no... Um pressure to to support the uh, podcast but if you do want to support what we do here uh, i wouldn't mind um, donating a little bit of money all of the all of the money goes towards the podcast uh, and if you check out our patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash mammon uh, you'll see the sort of tiers that we have and the benefits you get for uh, for joining because i think that's what we want to do now isn't it is grow the podcast and just make it better absolutely yeah every, every, all money that is gifted to us will be taken back into the podcast it'll be used to make the podcast better for you guys um so i like this idea of being t- uh, back with a bang and starting with action movies by the way yeah i thought, I thought it was quite clever. smart yeah there was a few sort of discussions about what we possibly was going to do when we came back but i felt that one just run through have you found it easy this topic um potentially hard do you know what when i when we first said this one and I was like, you know, think about my favourite films and things like that. And I was like, I don't think I have many action films in my favourite films of all time. And then I was like, maybe I don't like action films that much. But then when I put my list together, I was like, I'm literally going to rewatch all of these. Oh, really? You're yeah, I'm like, like yeah. oh, what a great film, what a great film, what a great film. Yeah, I think oh, nice. they're just, I think what's good about action films is they're, they're, they're shut your brain off to a degree. Some of them are obviously cleverer than others, and some of them are quite a bit more focused than others. But ultimately, they're generally speaking not as intense. As like our other selections that we've picked in the past, I feel like. No, absolutely. So they're like, I won't call them easy watching necessarily, because I guess that's a bit patronising to some of them, but easier watching at the very least. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely got a wide variety from easy watches to ones that are a bit more clever um, on mine. Uh, but I did actually struggle with the list. I don't watch as many action films as I thought I did. Really? See, yeah. I grew up... Um, when I, when my dad split up and I used to go visit him at weekends, we'd go to, this is a blast in the past, Blockbusters. Yeah. And they used to do a deal and it was like you could rent three videos or DVDs for like £10 or something. Um, and it was always action films with my dad. Oh, really? So he'd pick one, I'd pick one, and then we'd pick like a joint one together. So there's always at least two action films in the selection. So like, I've watched a sickeningly large amount. <laughs> it was difficult <laughs> to narrow it down, to be honest. See, I've watched a hell of a lot of a um, comedies was my big thing when we grew up. So that's yeah. why I like my life is about. I'd say that's the main genre of films that I tend to watch in TV series is a good old comedy. I just enjoy sitting down and laughing. But I think that also comes into play with the action films that I picked, and there's reasons behind it that relate almost to comedy that I like these films so much. Yes, they've got that blend almost. Yeah, I wouldn't say like if you if I sat down and said my list to you, I would say you'd only say one of them had was just a comedy as well. You're aware um, that you are doing this, aren't you? You are sitting down and doing your list. With me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fair <play>. <laughs> Anyway, before, before we get into the nitty gritty of the list, how's your um couple of months off been? 
you done much? Um, no, I've sat in a room and when I've not been recording, I've just been sat here patiently waiting to record again. That has, say, that has been... Yeah, you know, the crying emojis I've had and sort of like, when are we filming again? It's ridiculous, Mike. You That's need it, so I do it, just down. wait. He's getting very needy. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's been good. It's been relaxing and I am, uh, well, I say relaxing. It's been, it's been tough because the work's been tired these last few weeks i'm looking forward to my six weeks off but yeah you're um, now on yeah, summer it, leave aren't you that's it but yeah it's been good like i say just get some headspace and uh get back ready for this what about you Absolutely how's your mum on break been i took annual leave at one point and then had to isolate ah yeah so, wait on top of your annual leave yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> so <it's been> great. <laughs> that sounds bad doesn't it <laughs> so it's not bit we've done like we have managed to do things because i had well i've had three weeks off in total um but it's just been a bit not as great as we'd anticip- we'd planned to begin with. But it's fine. Um, yeah, um, it's nice to have a little break from work occasionally. You obviously get a nice six week break, but a three week break was fantastic. Yeah, about to say that's not unheard of, isn't it, in your career? I did it because Lauren went back to work for the final week, and it was like I looked after the little one for that week while she went back, and it was quite nice to actually have a whole week with us two. Oh, that's cute. We had beer, your strippers, just you and the kid. <laughs> Yeah, that no, was nice. Um, right, should we start with the list then? Let's do it. I, I realised during the break, that's a catchphrase of yours. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you always say that after I say something like, let's start the list, or, right, what, should we hear your number four? Like, yeah, we can get loads of t-shirts it. and mugs with, like, and stop record, and let's do it. And bingo. And bingo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you hate yourself every time we record and that gets re-mentioned? Kind of. But love it. <laughs> like it's not really a catchphrase of mine because I'm, I said it once and that's it. But you loved it, um, right? Shall we? Well, yeah. Let's crack on. Let's hear your number five. So my number five, I think, is quintessential action in terms that there is shit tons of fight in blood and violence. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I'm a massive fantasy nerd, so I had to get one action film in that had swords and sandals in. Okay. Uh, I also, do you remember what myths I used to be obsessed with growing up? No, I don't. Greek. Oh, yes, yes. I thought you meant what specific stories. Oh, right, no, yeah. And so this, what do you know what it is based on all of that? No, I'm trying to think. Greek myths and... It was known for its hyper-violence. It was based on a comic book, and I think it was Frank... Yes, um, three hundred. The uh, film about King Leonidas, the king of the Spartans, who himself and two hundred ninety nine other Spartan soldiers, so three hundred overall, had to hold a pass for three days. I think it was mm. against like a hundred thousand uh, Persians uh, before the rest of the armies of Greece would sort of come together and help them stop. And it was just an awesome film. Like I said, there wasn't too much going on there, but like stylistically, like the cinematography. Uh, everything was just cool. I remember it just being, especially, I think it came out in 2006, so I was like 15, yeah, I think. I remember being in secondary uh, school when it came out. And it was just cool. It was just cool as fuck. Yeah, see, um, you say about stylistically, the plot, like, a bit weak, but stylistically, that's what Zack Snyder's sort of famous for. He needs to work on mm. his plots almost, because stylistically, he's a fantastic director. Well, imagine if he did... Just have someone write his script for him. I know. Like, at a really good level. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, 
I've never watched 300. For some reason, I can't what? get into it. I have watched, like, literally, like, does he climb a mountain or go up a mountain at the beginning of yep. the film? I can't get past that scene for some reason. But what? I also haven't watched it since secondary school. Right. So it's definitely a film I think I need to go back to and try and rewatch because I've only heard good things about it. And I've recently, as um, we've discussed on the podcast as well, got into my Greek myths myself. So maybe now that sort of all that sort of is in play, maybe I would actually enjoy the film more. What I will say is that I don't feel like the Greek myths was that focused on there, really. Oh, really? No. Either way. Yeah. No, it's a good solid start to the films. Um, and like it's even if you've not seen the film, like you know the film, like the classic yeah. scene. Like, I don't know what what it is. Maybe you'll be able to actually tell me and the listener where he just famously kicks someone in slow motion into a pit. Yeah, it's when the the Persians send an emissary to try and make basically Sparta um, submit to the Persian rule before anything's even happened. Yeah, and that's where uh, Gerard Butler's King Leonidas famously. Uh, turns around and says this is Sparta and kicks him into this hole so that's his way of saying no thank you <laughs> so what is this hole is it just a pit of yeah I think it's just a pit yeah in there in his like castle for I guess traitors or whatever prisoners yeah. that they just kill that way I remember um in it was my second year of uni and two of my housemates um sat down to watch this is Sparta the spoof movie of it oh god yeah I think it was called This Is Fast or something like that. Um, and it was what, like, I had nothing to do and there was in the living room watching it. So I was like, well, I'm going to be in here watching it sort of thing because I had physically nothing else to do. It was mm. one of the worst movies I've ever watched. And they repeatedly did that scene. So, like, Britney Spears would appear, like, shades off head and everything because back then that's what she that was famous for. And, like, he'd kick her into the pit. But what I remember so jarring about this film was the. Um, parodies were so weak that a little bar appeared at the bottom to say who they were. Oh, God. You know you're watching a shit film. And I, remember, I still remember my friend at the end of the um, film saying uh, that was one of the funniest films I've ever watched in my life. And I just turned around and said, I didn't hear you laugh once. Like, how is that the funniest film you've ever watched in your life? It was. Did you, did you disown him as a friend after that point? You were like, right, I can't I, I be friends. I haven't seen him since that year. <laughs> so read into that what you will <laughs> you know at that point I knew we were never going to be long term friends <laughs> exactly it was just atrocious it had like, like considering the year it was made I think it had like parodies of Wild Wild West in it as well what as in the Will Smith film yeah Wiki Wild Wild West what strange yeah they were all, they all got shit to be fair very yeah. very quickly yeah Um, but yeah it was it was a cool film and I, I think it was my action film that is the most just balls to the walls violence, I'd say. So is there not really a major, major plot then? Obviously there is. The plot is that the 300 Spartans have yeah, got to try and hold the pass. Yeah. But in terms of like a narrative like thread, it is weak. It is mostly based on the violence. Um and even character development, they're just like hyper-masculine. Like, like obviously nowadays, we talk about this the other day, but like you know, male actors are starting to get to similar sort of, you know, body pressures in films yeah. that women are. But this was the first film that I remember, like, me- all the men being, like, ripped to shit. And I remember it being a massive thing, like, online in magazines, like Empire and stuff, where, like, half the marketing for the film was them being interviewed going, how did you all get into this shape? 
Really? Whereas now, yeah, whereas now, you know, like if a, you know, like I don't know, sixteen year old never heard of three hundred, watched it, they'd think nothing of it because just like you know, look at Marvel, you know, all yeah. of them are ripped, and there's no need for it really. Whereas back then it was unusual, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so th- this has probably got my biggest kill count. It's probably got the weakest story, but. For, like when I think of action, I think I think that's my first thing that comes into my head is just lots and lots of violence, and three hundred achieves that at a <laughs> redonkulous level. Yeah, do you know what movie does have the highest kill count ever? Just on the subject of that, mm, no. Uh, the movie with the highest kill count is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, because they blow planet, don't they? Yeah, well, like in terms of on-screen deaths that you physically. Oh see. right. Because like you could say like other films like uh, Star Wars, they blow up the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Star Wars. Um, and but you don't know what the population is. But on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you see all of the um, I can't remember what they're called now, but the, those ships sort of surrounding uh, the evil guys' uh, ship, and then get completely blown up and destroyed. And you physically see all these ships. So yes, the highest death count. You would not have put money on that, would you? No. Uh, I'm just having a look while I was doing that and seeing what the um, kill count was. Uh, For the entire film, there is 600 deaths in the whole of the Holy shit. Mm. King Leonidas, as an adult, kills 30. Absolute legend. Mm. Yes. So that is... uh... See, that's got to be one of the highest in, like, hand-to-hand combat, then. Yeah, quite Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Apparently, well, there is like fifteen in the title animation, which I don't fully understand. What title animation of the three hundred movie? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So yeah, good solid first choice. Should we move on to my number five? Let's do it. My number five. So like you, um, you sort of wanted to put a fantasy type film in there. Yep. I'm a big fan of the superhero genre, so I wanted to put one of those in there as well. Um, and a lot of superhero films you can consider are, well, they're almost all action films, but they've also got a sort of other sort of plot to it. But this one, I felt its main defining feature was the fact that it was an uh, action film, and that's Captain America's Civil War. Nice. One of the best fight scenes ever. Yeah, Maybe exactly. ever that's, that's really why I, called, I picked it, because of the, um, well, now... Wait, Civil War or Winter Soldier? Civil War. Oh, I'm thinking Winter Soldier. Sorry, oh, you're on. thinking of Winter Soldier in this um, sort of... Uh... Elevator lift. Oh, that's quite a cool scene. But yeah, no, Civil War, I'm thinking of the airport scene. Yeah, yeah. Which is also obviously awesome. Um, it's one of my favourite Marvel films, I think, because it's the first time... It's like, it's kind of Avengers 2.0, but obviously you've got the Avengers fighting against each other. So, like, we all know that the heroes are always going to beat the villains. But in this one, there was obviously a real sense that you didn't know who was going to win, who was going to survive or any of that sort of thing, when the Avengers are literally fighting each other. And I just really, really like that. Um, I just think it was a great plot as well, like uh, Zemo, just using knowledge, inside knowledge. He, 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 was, he broke up the Avengers. He was a villain who actually won, really. Um, and he was fantastic at it. And using sort of the knowledge of uh, Bucky Barnes killing Tony Stark's parents was just fantastic. And the reveal at the end, I just really love the film. It's a great film. And I think the action sequences are fantastic and really sort of cinematic as well if you think about the final scene with uh captain america going toe-to-toe with uh iron man i just genuinely that... heartbreaking scene as well that. like yeah. right robert down jr was amazing in that scene oh he was yeah it's just yeah well because he disables the um stark's armor doesn't he? he puts a shield for him yeah and he's like and stay down and he just walks off and stark's just 
devastated because at the end of the day, like you sort of understand why Tony's getting like is annoyed and upset. Like I'm, well, I'm on Tony. I'm Team Tony on like Civil War plot. I was originally, and then on a rewatch, I think I was Captain America. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Is there any reason behind that? Um, change sides because you you know that. I think when I watched it first time slowly, I just think Tony Stark and Cap uh, and Iron Man were my favourite films and superhero guy but i think like that was you know when you rewatch it mm. like tony stark dominates that first film iron man he's amazing like he just steals every second of the screen um but then when i rewatched it i was like two's weak three is average whereas captain america's films get stronger and stronger and stronger as they go on they do and this is uh, captain america film as it is yeah I'm exactly just thinking, like, i'm on Team Tony, because I agree that the Sokovia Accord should be a thing. So for those of you who haven't watched the films, um, basically uh, the Avengers are doing a little mission at the beginning, trying to uh, stop a, a guy from Brooke, uh, Brock Rumlow from uh, taking a biological weapon. And uh, Wanda uh, basically blows up a building, which has numerous... Accidentally. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't on purpose, but... Um, she accidentally blows up a building which had numerous uh, Wakandan workers in there. And so the Sokovia Accords are brought in to try and hold accountability, um, which so the US basically has to sort of oversee everything the Avengers does so that they can sort of cause less destruction in their sort of attacks on these villains. Which I get like having this overseeing team, it must be horrible, but also I do feel there should have been, there needs to be accountability when people are literally dying. You try, like, admittedly saving the day and stopping more people from dying, but that's why I was team for, pony. For me, it was just as well, like, I think I, I saw it more, maybe because I'd seen more of the outcomes of that, you know, yeah. since that film, but for me it was more, yeah, in principle, I have no problem with that, but in practicality, you're having a very fallible human being slash being in charge of the Avengers who can make them do even worse things yeah, without them realising. So I was like, at least like with Captain America, he might not get it right, but he's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, that is very true, actually. I will say that. Whereas other people are going to be doing it for their own ends. They're not going to be as altruistic as Captain America. I'll tell you what, it's a very difficult ground in which on who's the right and who's the wrong. It's very blurred well, lines, isn't it? And I think that's what... My thing would say is, I think that's one of the bravest choices that they did, is that like you deal with Tony's PTSD... Mm-hmm. You deal with Wakanda's, uh, Wakanda's, WandaVision's, Wanda's, Jesus, too many Marvel stuff. Uh, Wanda's, um, I guess PTSD as well for what she does later on yeah. in her show. Um, you deal with like in Spider Man how it affects civilians, all this death and destruction, uh, and I guess that's the whole point of um, Civil War as well, isn't it? I can't remember his name now. Who was the bad guy in it? Oh, Zemo. Yeah, that's all point as well as he he was affected, his family were affected yeah. by them fighting. So yeah, I think it's I think um it's just like brave storytelling that part. And it was wall to wall action as well. Right, there's some great scenes in it, like uh, the chase scene where um we first meet uh T'Challa who and yeah. he's chasing down a motorbike and the airport scene as I said and then the end scene, like it is a great film. So that's why it's number five on my list, because I'd say I feel I don't know why, I feel Picking a superhero film seems like cheating, but also I love it, so of course it's going to be in there. That's fine. Right, number four, Mike. Um, number four, this is the silliest of my action films. 
And I think ultimately, a lot of the time, action films are silly and they take themselves just very seriously. Yeah. Um, so this is one that leans into perhaps the silliness of it, whilst also having, in my opinion, the greatest action scene ever. Okay. I thought for a second we might have had picked the same film, but I don't think we have now. I bet we've probably got the same actor. Maybe. So this is... Oh, okay. So we're going to skip this. Is that one of yours as it's well? one of mine later on. Okay, so we'll skip my number four and go to yours. Um, right, so my number four is, like you say, it just leans into the silliness. It's got some great action sequence while also being corny. So this is a film that's not amazing in the slightest. Although I've just read it's the seventh highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Um, but it's just pure silliness, wall-to-wall action, and what I love in a action film, one-liners. And it's Commando. Oh, I thought you were going to go Deadpool then for a second. Nah, I pick, I've done my pick of a superhero film. Have you ever watched Commando? Uh, no, I don't think I have. It's Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so I'll give you a slight rundown of the plot. Um, he's a retired uh, Special Forces uh, colonel. His name's John Matrix in the film. And he's informed that um, other members of his team are being killed by these mercenaries. Um, one of which is an ex-member of his team that was discharged for, uh, like, sort of, being too violent um so as you'd expect they do actually come to his sort of he's got like this mountain home where he lives with his daughter and uh, they come and attack him and they kidnap his daughter jenny um he then obviously tries to chase after him but he's overpowered and sort of kidnapped by them too and taken to their boss called arius who uh blackmails matrix into trying to carry out a political assassination in his um, country of valverde because um, he wants to lead a military coup. So because he knows his daughter's there, he sort of agrees, because he feels he'll get his daughter back, obviously, if he listens to what they say and does what they say. Um, so he's got a guard with him, uh, this guy called Henriquez, and he boards a plane to Valverde, and then within minutes of being in there, he snaps, or sort of, well, he knocks out Henriquez and then snaps his neck. And then that's really where the plot's about to begin. He asks the, um, uh, sort of one of the women... What's, what are they called? Air hostess. How long the, pl- yeah. the flight's going to be? And uh, she says 11 hours. To which he's he's sort of like weekend and Bernie's this body. So he's put a coat and hat on top of him. Make it look like he's sleeping. And he goes, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Oh, there's your, God. There's your first corny one-liner. So, so why has he killed him? Because he's the guy who he um, is trying to escape from these bad guys. So Henriquez is a guard trying to stop, trying to make sure that John Matrix is going through with this assassination. Oh, get you. So at that point, he um, realises he's got 11 hours to get back to um, try and save his daughter before the guy realises he wasn't in Val- he wasn't on the plane to Valverde. So he sort of jumps out of the plane and escapes and everything. And it's just it's just wall-to-wall one-liners. At one point, he fights a um, Greenberry... Uh, what's, what, what are they called? Like, a uh, military person. Yeah. And he goes, I eat Greenberries for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. Oh, God. Other great scenes. <laughs> Other great one-liners, sorry, should I say. Um, this one is one of my favourites, to be honest with you. Um, he throw, He's in a fight with this guy called Bennett, who, like I said, he's the one who he discharged um, previously. And he just basically throws a pipe at him and impales Bennett. Um, and some steam starts to come out from, a pipe, from the pipe. And he just goes, let off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> Why does steam come out? Uh, because it's, it's fighting in sort of like this uh, basement oh, right. like steam-type room. 
And then one of the best is at one point there's a guy called Sully and he, who sort of he has a bit of banter with before and he's um like I like you Sully I'm gonna kill you last so he's <laughs> but <laughs> and does he a bit later <laughs> he goes to him he's basically um holding him about like over a sort of cliff edge and he tell he tells Sully it's his weak arm that he's holding him with just to a bit of banter um and then he goes remember Sully when I promised I'd kill you last. And Sully's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, Matrix, he did. And John just goes, I lied, and drops him. Oh, God. <laughs> and then a bit later, um, this woman who's helping out um, Arnie is like, what happened to Sully? And he just goes, I let him go. It's just oh, wall-to-wall one-liners. And it's what you want from an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's action-packed. It's just literally a guy going to try and get his daughter back. So it's kind of like Taken in a way like that. But it's a lot... It's funny. It's not to be taken seriously, and it's what I want in an action film. Like you say, you just want to be taken away from the real world and have a bit of fun for a couple of hours. Well, that, well it definitely sounds like that. <laughs> yes. Um, there's so many more one-liners. Like, so... also, I'm glad that I'm glad that we've got him on the list. I think you can't have an action list without Arnie on there. Oh, really. absolutely. I did have a second one, but I've actually bumped it because I remembered another film during um, our chatting that actually I want to include on the list. Uh, but yeah. At, there was a few years ago when I still lived in Bristol. Me and my friends, uh, we met up for the day and we spent 24 hours watching Arnold Schwarzenegger films and sort of like posting about it on Facebook each one. And what we did is we tallied up like every death, every one liner. Um, and it was just, it was a lot of fun. And Commando, because we watched Terminator and we didn't really think, he doesn't really talk in that film at all. No. So there was like, even though it's famous for like, Asa La Vista, baby, and I'll be back. Like, one liners went down. I think actually that might be the second one that he says that more. But I, yeah, like, I think so as well. One liners went down. Um, but then when we watched Commando, they were through the roof. Like, absolutely phenomenal. And it was a lot <laughs> That's of what we needed. That. Yeah, yeah. It's what we was watching it for. We was watching basically because I think, what did we watch in total? We watched Commando, Total Recall, Terminator, Kindergarten Cop, Twins, and I want to say, um, in fact, I'm going to say because it is. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. I feel like it's poor that he didn't watch Running Man. That's his best one. No, he didn't watch Running Man. I'm trying to think. I swear there was one more that we watched. But yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And we, it was, yeah, enjoyable day just watching <laughs> all of Arnie's films. And it's why you realise he's one of the best action film stars of all time. Not a great actor, but he does what he does. Predator, that was the other one we watched. That's a great film. Yeah. The, the film that's known for the most manliest handshake in the world. Yeah, but that's got <laughs> memed on so hard yeah. now, hasn't it? Yeah. Right, so we've only got to hear my number four because your number four will be coming later in the list. So let's move on. Mike, what is your number three choice? Well, I thought, can you talk about, as two British people, action films without talking about Bond? Yeah. And I've gone for (laughs) what my favourite Bond film is, and that is Casino Royale. Okay, so it's one of the few I've watched but can't remember. I am not the biggest James Bond fan. Well, I'm not, to be honest, of the old films. Like, I watched the Brosnan films because they were sort of, that was my generation, really, when I was a bit old enough to watch them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're not great. I, I, wasn't, I wouldn't have called myself a James Bond fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so I wasn't too bothered when I heard that, like, they were sort of, re- well, not rebooting it, but they had a new James Bond. And I watched it, and I couldn't believe how good it was. First of all, it got me obsessed with poker. Okay. 
Isn't it quite it tame per- as well compared to some of the other James Bond films? Yeah, it's basically they they got Daniel Craig in. They wanted it to be grittier and much more realistic, so no invisible cars or anything like that. Um, and which I get, but that is part of the fun of James Bond at the same time. Yeah, well, and as the later films go on in the series with Craig, they bring a little bit more of the gadgets and stuff. Because Q does get cars, but not really. But yeah, in the second or third one, I think I think it's the third, but. I just I think what I loved about it was again I, I liked how grounded it was, mm-hmm. um, and it was just it took all the elements of Bond. He was cool as fuck. He had a nice car. He had a nice suit. He drank fancy drinks. He was like cool at poker. Um, all the women loved him, but it felt like a real film. Like it felt like if you changed his name, it wouldn't be Bond. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. it, the only thing that makes it Bond is his name in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Um, obviously there's some few nods, but. Ultimately, it tried to be more grounded and more realistic, and that's exactly what it was. And it's got some incredible action sequences. It's got a a great driving sequence with a crash that was. I think it was. I think it won the award for most roles with a you know like with an actual stunt driver in. Okay. Um, it had twists and turns. Um, and it just set up the franchise again. I think it just like. I think James Bond wouldn't still be as popular as it is now without them redoing it with Casino Royale. If they'd picked yeah. a different actor or gone in a different direction with it, I think it sort of breathed life into the franchise again. Yeah, which is what it sort of needed because it was getting it. Some of the old ones are quite outdated, almost quite yeah, not very politically correct this day and age either. No. Um, what, what, what the thing is though, I'd say as well, this was released in two thousand six. Mm. If you watch this today. You would not believe it came out in 2006. Really? Does it hold up? Yeah, it holds up really, really well. Okay. Have I you never seen I, it then? I have years ago, but I'm not the biggest James Bond fan. So I've really but I think if you go ever. into it now, you know, with with this in mind, that it's almost not James Bond, I think you'd really like it. Okay. Maybe I'll have to give it a go again. I do want to sort of watch the newer James Bond films, because the trailers excite me. But yeah, I just haven't done I do remember always watching like James Bond for some reason when we or having it on in the background when we was packing for a family holiday. I don't that know was just always like a thing. Yeah, it always seemed to be on the background on ITV two or something. Well, the the other thing I'd say as well with this, um, what I think you'd like as well is as you know the films go on, see mm-hmm. uh, the James Bond films, um, they start to look at him being this like aging spy in this modern world. Okay. So like how he an old school spy versus this all this new technology that's not really him anymore and like what's his place in this new sort of okay, society like of spying. So again, it's just it, everything's more ground, everything's more realistic. Yeah, fair enough. Mate, like I say, I want to give him a go again. So I've got nothing against the James Bond franchise. They just like I said, doing this list. Even though I came up with the idea of the back with a bang, I don't watch a huge amount of action films apparently. Right, should we move on to my number three choice? Yeah, let's hear it. My number three is a very recent film, actually. It came out this year, which, considering not many films have really come out this year, I'm quite pleased with this one. And I watched it not expecting great things, but remember as a kid watching the previous attempts I've made at this film and enjoying them still, even though I knew they weren't great. And it's Mortal Kombat. So it's oh, yes. Yeah. Are you talking about the original one? Or no, the I'm newer talking one? about the new one here. Oh, yeah. Um. So... Yeah, I watched it, not thinking that it was going to be great, but really sort of, I thought the trailer looked fantastic. I was intrigued. The plot is very, very thin. It's just about, it follows this guy called Cole Young, 
who's a mixed martial arts fighter and he's been sort of hunted down by um, Sub-Zero. He doesn't really know why. And he meets some people. Um, it's uh, Sonya Blade and uh, Jack, who he meets. And they sort of t- tell him about the Mortal Kombat tournament, which is a tournament between um, Outworld and the Earthrealm. Um, and basically, if Earthrealm loses this next tournament, which they've lost the last nine, then it means that the Outworld is about to come to Earth and conquer. It basically means that it's theirs now. So they're try- So the um, Outworld is trying to cheat by destroying the fighters before they have a chance to come into the tournament. So that's why they're sort of being hunted down. That's the basic plot. There's no tournament in this film yet. It doesn't happen. That's probably going to happen in the sequel. But it's just corny, cheesy action fun. There's a lot of great fight scenes between loads of different martial arts styles. Um, they all sort of have this power that they sort of learn what it is as they're fighting. Um, and it's just a, gr- it is a great film. Um, it's got comedy in it, which is what you want. And it has plenty of nods back to the uh, classic um, video games. So at one point, Kano destroys someone and he just goes, Kano wins. Um, someone else destroys someone and they just go, flawless victory. And one of my favourite points is when they're practising in a little arena and someone's going up against Kano and just going down on the floor and swiping out his feet so he gets taken down to the floor and then the moment he stands back up again his legs get swept again which is a move on Mortal Kombat that a lot of new people like me who aren't very good at the game use just to make sure they always win. <laughs> I like that. It's just I, a, well, I, a lot of fun. It's not to be taken, it doesn't take itself seriously like I say a good action film in my opinion should do but it's also got you can see how it's building this universe that it's going to have. I think it was the only way for them to go with it as well. Yeah. I don't... Th- you know I mean? I think they took themselves too seriously. That There was just no chance at all with it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, right. it was too much to a silly idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's so many different bizarre and colourful characters in the Mortal Kombat universe that, yeah, if they are taking it seriously, then it wouldn't have worked in the slightest. So, yeah. For the way they took it worked perfectly for what it is. What makes me laugh, though, is I bet they spent way more money on this one than they did in the 95 one. Yeah. And it's only got three more points. Well, 0.3 more than um, on IMDb than the original. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I feel it deserves a lot more than that. It's a great film, and I highly recommend it for a lot of people. Um, if you just enjoy gratuitous, gratuitous violence, um, corny one-liners, then watch this and Commando. I think it's fair. I think I'll give Mortal Kombat a go because you've, you've mentioned it a few times now. Yeah. Have you played the games? Yeah. Yeah, so I think you'd probably enjoy it. Like I say, the plot's very weak. As long as you go into it knowing that, then... Yeah, it's, I think that's the thing with some action, with action films is it's often setting your expectations because it's never going to be an Oscar-winning film. No. So you need to set expectations accordingly, don't you, really? Yeah, I agree. Right, so yeah, that's my number three choice. My number three is a lot more serious than yours. Are you sure? Because you've already given your number three. My number two. <laughs> Should we move on to your number two? Let's move on to my number two. <laughs> right, Mike. What's your number I think two? it's because I skipped my number four. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, like I'm behind so you. So my number two was so close to being my number one. Okay. And I feel like the day of recording, yeah, you know, if we recorded tomorrow, it might have switched. Like it was one of those, you know, like in the moment decisions that it. So my number two, bear in mind, it could be a number one, mm-hmm. and it's the only one on my list that I feel like people listening may not have watched, and I, and I can't tell you how much I want to watch this film. Okay. Um, 
I'm not going to talk too much about the plot because it's I don't want to spoil anything. Um, oh, I think I know, and I wanted to include this film. Well, this is the 2016 Ben Affleck film, The Accountant. Okay. And what I love about this film is that it's an action film, and it's a little bit John Wicky in terms of like the the main character. Um, Ben Affleck's character is actually good at fighting and shooting and doesn't miss a hundred bullets like you know they do in sort of the eighties action films. Yeah. Where they're meant to be the best, but they you know it takes them thousand bullets to kill someone. Yeah, um, it's got a great backstory, which I don't think a lot of action films do, particularly on their first one if they're doing a series of them. Um, so you get a backstory into the character in their childhood, which lets us know more about them now. It's got. Um, Character development, which again, action films don't have. It's got mystery on certain things. You're like, who's this uh, sort of sidekick who's helping Ben Affleck out? Um, there's these, there's like two plot lines. You've got the main one, and then you've got another one that Ben Affleck's character doesn't see coming, if that makes sense. But we do as the audience. You get that like dramatic irony where you're like, oh shit, this, you know, these two, these two strands are going to meet at some point, but he doesn't know that yet. Uh, it's cool, like all action films should be. Um, and he's not the typical action protagonist. He's not an Arnie. He's not a Stallone. He's not a one-liner. He's not like super charismatic, like a Bond. Yeah. And I really like that about it as well, that it, it just feels fresh. And like I say, it's streaming right now on Netflix and Amazon Prime. I'm not going to talk too much about, like I say, the, the, the plot because I don't want to give too much away. But it is just amazing, and I think like forget being a action film; it's just a good thriller as well. Like it is a, it's a cut above an action film. Okay, a cut above. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. But you're. Oh my god! It's I love so it when good. people describe a film but can't describe a film because it reveals too much about what the plot's going to be. Um, I think we've talked about it in the past with films like Old Boy. You can't talk about that film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it always makes me intrigued because I just want to know about it but can't know about it because it's just a spoiler from start to finish. So, yeah, maybe I'll give this one a go. It is a top-tier action film, 100%. Okay. It's one I've heard of but don't remember that much buzz about. That's what I mean. I don't think it did, but, like, if you look at it, it's got 7.3 on IMDb um, and they're, they're making a sequel to it, apparently, as well. Yeah. Um, it... Uh, it's not got that. It's only got fifty one percent on Metacritic, but I think it's because it it goes against the grain of an action film. Okay, so it's slightly different. Which yeah, is I mean, it's you, too... which almost like you need in an action film because there's too many generic types now. And oh, a hundred percent. I've been I've been flipping between my number one and two, but whatever one that this one ends up being in, I won't say spoilers. But there's too many of the type of film that I'm going to mention in a bit, um, even though that was the original, because they're trying to sort of leech onto it so when you've got something unique and original it works 100 percent. and like i said i don't think you'll watch an action film like it like i say in terms of the character's not a typical action hero the story doesn't follow a typical action plot um yeah that is so 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 good and i really like i said i can't say too much about it so please just go watch it and then let us know on Mammon podcast on twitter facebook or instagram what you thought because i think you'll love it and i want to hear loads of people say oh my god thank god for getting me into this okay i'll give it a go i think maybe we'll put a poll up afterwards saying did you watch the accountant after listening to the podcast yeah yeah sounds like a good idea right my number what number two two um, I think I am going to keep this in the position that it is. Um, and 
like I say, there's a lot of this type of genre film being made now, but this was the original, and it's John Wick. Yeah, love it. Had to be on the list. I, I, it would have got on my series, on my list, but I thought the count and it's not similar at all, but in terms of that they're both actually badasses, yeah. and I knew you'd pick it, made me not pick it. <laughs> yeah, because I was talking to you about, because I watched the third one the other day. Um, yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched the first John Wick, so my memory of a lot of the scenes and everything is very hazy, but I know the plot because it is the world's easiest plot to remember ever. It's literally just focus on this guy called John Wick, who is an ex-assassin. He sort of got out of the game, and um, he's searching for these um, guys who broke into his home and stole his car and killed his puppy, which was the last gift given to him from his uh, just recently deceased wife. He literally had it for 24 hours, and then these guys killed it. Because like, the film starts where he's really like upset and sad about uh, his wife dying, and he sort of discovers that she brought him a puppy, and he's really happy. And he sort of, in those 24 hours, you see him start to learn to love again and be happy, and then all of a sudden it's taken away from him. And that's the plot, and he's just hunting these guys down. But the action sequences are absolutely phenomenal. Like he doesn't miss a shot. He's just he's amazing at what he does. I remember I used to go on a website. It's like sold it now, so it still exists, but they've sold it to another company. Mm -hmm. So it's like completely different. It used to be called like Tickled without the e. Yeah, it was bit. I guess it was bit like uh, Nine Guy. If you've heard of that, yes, yes. And someone either created or shared this graphic um, from the first film of, like, all the sort of kills that he did. And, like, I can't remember exactly what's off my head, but it was like, he he only missed, like, one shot. Really? And then let's say and let's, let's say he shot 30 bullets. He missed one. Three were non-lethal. The rest killed instantly. I'm like, that's what you want when you're supposed to have, like... You know, the, the top killer of all time. Yeah, because he is like the assassin's assassin, it turns out, isn't he? Oh, yeah, here you go. I've got one example here. So it says John's house. Mm-hmm. Oh, which, and it's got. If you haven't seen that scene in the scene in John's house. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's got um, 13 killed, and then it's got um, 11 guns, one knife, and one fist to show how. Mm-hmm. Um, 19, 20 shots taken, 19 hit, one miss. A 95% shot accuracy, 11 headshots. Nice. So, like, it just, like, that's what I mean. That's just one scene, their example. But that's what's cool about it, isn't it? That he's just actually a fucking badass. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and what I like about this is the universe that it eventually sets up. Because this is what I can't remember. Because I watched one and two straight after each other. Mm-hmm. So, my memory is very hazy with the two of them. Yeah. Does John Wick set up this underground network of assassins with the continental or does number two go into a lot more detail about that so it exists john didn't make it but yeah, it's yeah no i know he didn't make this... it but i mean does in terms of the so film it, is it one we're introduced to it mm-hmm. and he stops the night there and we learn a little bit and i remember thinking when i watched it because i watched the first before the second one had come out and i was like this is one of the coolest things an action film ever introduced like yeah. th- that idea is actually better than the film in some ways for me. So con- the Continental... And then two like expands on it and looks a lot of it. You can't sort of murder within the Continental. It's like sort of, if you want a safe haven, you go there. But there's also And only like, assassins can go, I believe, can't yeah, they? Yeah, but it's... Yeah, there's so much more into it. And I don't want to say too much, because if you've not seen the John Wick franchise, I highly recommend watching it, because the third one goes even further into this, um, and the fourth one's going to be even more so. Um, 
but yeah, it's just absolutely fantastic. And what I mean by a lot of films doing this in terms of they take in films or uh, sort of actors that it's not really what they're famous for or they're sort of like slowing down in their career and then making these amazing action films. I think Bob Odenkirk, who plays um, Saul from Better Call Saul, he's done one recently called Nobody or Mr. Nobody. Um, you've got one called Atomic Blonde with uh, Charlie's Fear on. Like they're all doing these very similar type films, but this was the original one that did it that I remember. Yeah, it, and it like you say, it set up this hyper realistic. Maybe is that the right word? What do you mean by that? In terms of um, having mo- most action films, the protagonist is supposed to be an action star, aren't they? Do you know what I mean they're meant to be this like fucking yeah. badass, but they're not really half the time. Um, and so I like the fact that in the like John Wick created this idea where yes, you're a badass, and we're going to show you by how fucking how quick it all is. I guess maybe they slow it down because they think it looks better for camera. You know, they extend the shoot out, they extend the fight scene because it's you know that's what an action film's supposed to do, yeah. isn't it? Well, the but um, instead this one does it very quick. Yeah, they use um a technique called gung fu, which is a mix of gun and kung fu. So it's based basically um close quarters gunfighting and it works so well um but yeah i i think it's fantastic and john wick not john wick keanu reeves really sells the role of john wick amazingly as this guy who just wants to get out of this world of assassins he's tired of it now but he's just brought back in and it literally like if you continue watching the franchise he's brought in so much just from his dog uh, being killed he can't escape it and that's the thing as well isn't it it's a little bit silly i remember when you it first came out that was the first thing, and it sort of got memed on, like, well, this is shit. Yeah. Like, an action film about someone getting revenge for their dog died. But then when people watched it, they were like, oh, my God, I can't, yeah. I'd totally do that if that was my dog. <laughs> you, you, you tell people about it, like, if you don't, like, there's not very many people that don't know about John Wick these days, but um, you tell people about the plot of John Wick, and they're like, well, that sounds shit. But... I do feel like this owes its success to the internet, and the fact that it became a bit of a cult classic on things like Reddit and Nine Gag and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I feel like that got out because I feel like loads of people didn't watch it. It it sounded shit on its premise. Yeah. And then um, I think this actually got people into it. No, I agree. You know, about people sharing about it and going, no, actually, I know we're joking, but it is actually really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Right, yeah, so that's my number two choice. (laughs) Nice. Move on. Sorry, Tintop guys. We just have a quick update about our Patreon. If you're enjoying what we're doing here and want to have podcasts grow, you can support from £1 a month. Just head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash mammon or follow the links on Mammon's Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Thanks. We'll leave you in the capable hands of Mike and Mike. Bye. Bye. Right, Mike, honourable mentions. What you got? Just the one. And obviously I won't talk too long to the honourable mention. And I've imagined lots of people have seen this. I feel like it's a bit of a culty classic. And that is uh, Luke Besson. Is that the name of the director? Yeah. Did Taken. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, why the fuck didn't I mention Taken in here somewhere? Oh well, yeah. that's too late. Um, Leon the Professional, and I've gone for this because my mum she watches films now a bit, but when I was younger, my mum had only seen like three films, like you know, in the nineties, like say when I was growing up. Yeah, and one of them was one of her favourites of all time. I think it still is a favourite now, and that's Leon the Professional, which stars a very young Natalie Portman. Yeah, as we talked who, before, the first film role the first. Yeah, and I feel like this sort of spawned off this, this really. I think this film made this. This is almost a cliche dynamic now, but this made it popular. Where you've got this grizzled badass 
fighter, mm-hmm. whether it be like Denzel Washington in Man on Fire, another great film, or whether it be The Hound with Arya in Game of Thrones, who who's sort of in, taking care of a young uh, girl who sort of softened them a little bit. Um, and this was a great example of it. And it's um, when Natalie Portman's family is killed, um, the gang are coming to kill her, so there's no witnesses, I think. Yeah. And so Leon has to protect her from people who are trying to, to kill her, so he takes her under his wing. Okay. And so I've not actually seen up. the film, to be honest with you. Have you not? No. Oh, I my God, it when, is When doing so research, good. I've realised there's so many action films that I want to watch as well. I just haven't. Well, there's this scene, right? I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's in the sort of blurb that her family's killed really early. So she's coming home. She's gone to the shop to get some food or whatever. Hmm. And um, she can tell that her family's just been killed because there's a guy with a gun outside a door. I think maybe blood leaks under a door. Yeah. So she walks past pretending she doesn't live there and she knocks on Leon's door. Yeah. You know, pretending that's where she lives so because she knows, I think, that they're going to kill her if she goes tries to go into her house, obviously. So she knocks on his door and she's just crying. like, And she's like whispering, please open the door. And he's sort of a bit of a lonely on it, don't you know to me? So she, it's quite tense when you open it. And there's a really cool shot where the camera's on Natalie Portman, mm. who's just crying. And in the background is some of the, the sort of bad guys, you know, who've just killed a family. Yeah. Like watching, so it's like you know if Leon doesn't let her in and pretend that she lives there, she knows he's gonna get killed. So it's honest, it's such a tense scene. It's so good, it's so well shot. Um, again, if you haven't watched Leon Professional, watch it. It's watch fucking it, yeah. awesome. I'll give it a go. It's not through not wanting to. I just never have. Yeah. Nice. So I haven't got an honourable mention. I wow. Got a, I know. I've really, like I said, I struggle to come up with. I suppose technically I could mention the one that I bumped for um uh what's it called Mortal Kombat, but I'm not going to because there was no reason why it's a, an honourable mention in my eyes. Um, but this this dishonourable mention, I've got a friend who's absolutely obsessed with it. It's a film called Unstoppable with Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. I'm going to send you the movie poster, Mike. I know what it is. Have it's, you watched it? It's average to poor at best. I agree. Look at the movie poster that I just sent you, though. I feel like none of that happens. Yeah, I was about to say that, yeah. Um, For those who've never seen it, it's about a... um, I think it's it's based on a true story. And looking at Wikipedia, yes, it is based on a true story. It's about a runaway freight train um, that's got a load of something on it. Like, that's not good. Um, Can't remember what. Nuclear waste or something, maybe? Possibly. But, yeah, they're in sort of, like, loading yard. And um, the guy from... um, I can't remember... uh, my name is Earl. You know the chubbier brother. Yeah. He yeah. basically um, accidentally leaves the training gear or something, and it starts rolling away. And he can't ch- catch up with it, so it's just going. Meanwhile, Denzel Washington's yeah. teaching Chris Pine how to drive a train, and they sort of catch wind of this um, runaway train and try to stop it before it gets somewhere and blows up or whatever. And it's just the plot kind of sounds awesome, but it's just so slow. Nothing really happens. And then the poster, which I'll probably share on social media, just literally with no context, I'll just share that post. Um, it makes it look as though it's the biggest action film in the world. But I'm pretty sure all they do to stop the train is they go in front of it with their train and slow it down. Like, Spoiler it's alert. so... Yeah, well, I don't give a shit. No one should watch it. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you also agree it's crap. But my friend is absolutely obsessed with it. He loves it so much. Don't get me wrong. It's not the worst film I've ever seen. It's just a 5 out of 10. I just think I it was a film in which... I've had numerous things like this where 
they set the concept sounds so much better on paper than it is executed. Um, I've thought I believe going back to um episode uh one or two, I can't remember when our top five fil- uh, films was. I think it was episode two. Um, yeah. I talk about a dishonorable mention then in um the final countdown. Um, I'm pretty sure I do at least. Uh, which is a film which sounded awesome about a ship that goes back in time to uh, Pearl Harbor and they have to make the choice on whether to stop Pearl Harbor from happening or let it happen and not change the course of history. Um, But that was also shit. I just get really hyped up about some films and when it's not what I imagined the whole plot being in my head, I'm really disappointed. Yeah, and that's that's what's disappointing when someone calls it the cool premise. Yeah. You, You build up to what you want it to be, don't you? Because it's unique. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my dishonourable mention, because I couldn't think of an honourable mention. <laughs> I'll let you have it. Cheers. <laughs> it would have been shit if you had no, you're not having that. Do, yeah, keep do, going. An, honor, do an honourable <laughs> mention, like. <laughs> right, number one. Number one for season two, which we haven't said. It's season two now, Mike. Well, my number one is... Oh, sorry, do you want to talk about season two? I got so excited about my number one. No, get excited. Well, my number one, as I've actually got more excited the more we spoke about action films because, you know, thinking about like John Wick's and it's sort of, and the accounting has got sort of more realistic violence. Yeah. Uh, you know, snappier, quicker. Um, I think all stems from this film, really, thinking back. Okay. I think this film made it interesting. And as well, like I say, as you all know, I love character development, it's got tons. I love mystery, got tons. And also, what's also one of my favourite genres of film? A, um, I did know this in season one. <laughs> you told it me the other day beginning with F. a coming of age film I love coming of age film which this sort of is like an adult coming of age film and you'll and know why more in a second love, I do know the answer it's really bugging me it's in the back of my head Harrison Ford film and I don't like it even though it's about the name of the film is actually about the genre I like well I say genre I don't think it's a proper genre I think it's really bugging me fugitive film that's it yes <laughs> so this is The Born Identity okay he wakes up with amnesia yeah. So it's sort of a coming-of-age film because he's got to find out who he was. He goes on the run because the people who killed him are chasing him. So it's mm-hmm. a fugitive film. Um, it's got character development. It's got a um, really nice love story within it, actually, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and there's just so many fucking cool scenes. Like There's a bit where he goes to sleep on a, on a bench and he doesn't know who he is, so he doesn't know he's this badass action star. <laughs> Can I just, just, I wanted, really wanted you to end it there. There's so many cool scenes. There's a scene where he falls asleep on the bench. No, that is it. <laughs> Why is it no. so cool? <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then police officers wake him up and he just like fucking knocks him out with some like ninja moves he didn't even know he could do. Yeah. And then there's a bit where he goes into the bank and he's really cool. Like again, oftentimes action stars are fucking stupid and they just kill people and think, you know, think later. Whereas there's a bit where he takes the guards uh, walkie-talkie mm. and puts the earpiece in so then he can work out how to run away from the police without getting caught. Okay. Which is just smart, but you just don't see that in action films, yeah, do no, you? Yeah, you don't. Um, there's a bit where he's driving a mini through, I think, Paris or Berlin and he's got to drive down some stairs. Um, oh, there's so many good scenes. Like, I literally could talk about this film all the time. It's on Netflix right now. If you've been living under a rock since 2002 and you've somehow never watched A Born Identity, do me a favour and watch it. See, I watched Because actually it now, you know now I'm talking about, now I'm talking about it, it is better than The Accountant, but only slightly. Yeah, so you're glad you put it in this order. 
Yeah, I am glad now. Yeah, but it's so good. I and mean, like I say, it developed this this fighting style that we see in action films now. You know, do you remember that famous bit with the the? I think there's a knife, and then he picks up a pen, or he picks up a newspaper. Yeah, uh, and they're doing that really cool fight scene. Oh, so good. The only thing I don't like about it, for some reason, I don't know why this is something I hate about it, is they seem to have microphones strapped to their fists. Do you know what I mean by that, or not? Yeah, well, there's a loud, like, a poof, 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 yeah, each, sort of noise. Each um, punch is so loud, it's ridiculous. But that's obviously my just fa- the way it's styled. Um, Do you know what my favourite punch noise is? What? You know, in The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. It's either the punch noise that Batman hits Bane with, or the noise that Bane hits Batman with. Okay. It just sounds so painful. I don't remember it, but at some point we are going to be watching all of the Batman films. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we get to that one. Do you know what then? As well as ranking the films in review, we'll rank the... Um, punches. <laughs> yeah, the punches as Which well. Which one had the best punch? <laughs> yeah, punch noise. Oh, yeah, punch noise. <laughs> I already know the winner for that, but 1996, 1966 Batman. Where, the you more you talk it? about it, the more nervous I am to watch oh, it. So I'm like, so this is going to be shit, so isn't it? I'm so excited. <laughs> For those who have watched... Uh, in fact, I'm going to say it now. If we're going to watch Batman after we've done the Fast and Furious franchise, which, spoiler alert, in two weeks' time, we are going to be watching and reviewing um, the Fast and Furious franchise. But stay, stay listened for that to see how we're going to be playing that. Um, yeah, great choice, uh, The Born Identity, and not one I've watched since the beginning. Um, when it first came out, is what I meant to say. Uh, I was just having a look because I remember when um, the Born Identity films came out. I remember having already played a game called Thirteen, which is basically the same plot about a guy wakes up on a beach with amnesia. Oh, yeah, and he's sort of like I can't remember massively. It's been a long time since I played the game. And well, it's... I wonder if they ripped it off from the book because Born so Identity was that's uh, what I looked based at on because, a book. Yeah, it's based on a book by Robert London. I know that 13 was based on a comic strip. I think it's like Belgium or something. Born Identity came out in 1980. 13 comic strip came out in 1984. So, yeah. Uh, But still a great plot. And it's like the Born Identity obviously do it first. And it's just a great idea and concept of this guy. No idea who he is. But he's got these memories that allow him to be an amazing fighter and stuff. Is 13 the game? Is it like in Roman numerals? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it's like sort of comic book style. It's cell shaded. It was a great game. I had it on GameCube. Um, so yeah, great choice with Born Identity and one that because I really want to watch because um, I haven't seen it the new Born film. I'm Jason Bourne, so I might rewatch all three of them and then maybe do Legacy, but definitely do Jason Bourne. Do you know what? For saying this was like a PS2 game, it looks fantastic. I think it's because Just of the look... cartoony style. Yeah, it holds it well. Yeah, right. Should we go on to my number one, which you and know what it is? Yeah, because it's my number four. It was your number four. Um, I did Let's toy around it. swapping this around with John Wick at some point, but I think I loved this film when it came out. Um, I saw it. Um, I've talked about in the past how I saw What We Do in the Shadows, I think. Uh, I had free cinema tickets to go to a sort of advanced preview of a film, and yeah. it was What We Do in the Shadows, and I, we knew nothing about it going in, and we absolutely loved it. I've done that with quite a lot of films. There's only been one film I've walked out on. It was an Arnold Schwarzenegger film called Maggie. Listen to the plot of this, by the way. Another film. I don't mind Maggie. The one, the, the zombie one or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't we mind. We walked out of it. Because you, you you hear Arnold Schwarzenegger and zombies, you think, ultra violence. That's not what we got. Yeah, I'd watched the trailer and read a bit about yeah, it. Yeah, see, I didn't know I guess, anything maybe. about it. 
yeah. because I said when we see these advanced previews, um, we don't know much about the film because they've not been released or and like sort of with Kingsman, not a lot of people knew about it when it first came out, and I ended up going to see it like four times at the cinema after I went to this advanced preview, um, twice on another advanced preview with um Lauren, and it's just a great action spy film. Um, for those who don't know anything about it, what is wrong with you? Because it's possibly one of it's. This is, this is the one that I said is a comedy. Like it, as well as an action film, it is a comedy, but it's great. It's about this guy called uh, Eggsy, who's played by Taron Egerton. I think it was his first film role as well. Or at um, least first big one, if it yeah. wasn't his first. And he's like sort of a bit of a Chavesque type um, person or kid. And he gets recruited by uh, Colin Firth to join a sort of... He doesn't really get told what it is to begin with, but join this sort of secret service agency called the Kingsman. And slowly, sort of the Kingsmen are well respected. Sort of, they're, I think they're referred to as knights, aren't they? Um, yeah. And they've all sort of got names uh, such as um, I can't think of any of the names Merlin and Lancelot. So basically, sort of like all sort of like these old knights' names and the Round Table. Um, and they recruit him. And meanwhile, while that's happened, you've got Samuel L. Jackson as an over-the-top hammy um, villain. Um, he's, he plays it. So over the top, it's great in my opinion. Trying to take over the world, and that's a plot. But it's just so funny, and so like the action sequences and are so great. There's a scene if no one's seen it, it's so parodied now, even though it's not that old of a film. Where um, Colin Firth's character Harry Hart goes to um, what's the church called? But it's like a a big sort of hate church. So you know these people who hate gays and all that sort of lifestyle. And he ends up killing every single person in Westboro Baptist. It's like one of those type of churches. And ends up killing everyone in this church. And it's such a fantastic like one-shot action sequence. And something that you don't expect from Colin Firth either. And it's just phenomenal. Like, that makes the film, if anything else. That I do think that church scene is one of the greatest action... But no, the greatest action scene I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there's. I don't think anyone can argue with that. What do you... Anything that you want to say about the film? Because obviously I've talked about it, but it is your number fourteen. Um, I think you said a lot. Of it. I think really it was. Um, it pays homage to action films and spy films really well, without just being a homage film, yeah. while still being its own thing. Yeah, it's very um, unique. So it's like, like considering, like you say, action spy films have been done before so many times. It's like Colin Firth is like an older James Bond, basically coming into yeah. his retirement, maybe, but still sick. And yeah, he you know he brings a chav into the world of spies, and where it used to be all you know vodka martini shaken, not stirred, fancy suits. You know, it's about trying to get him into that world, whilst also him still, I guess, clinging on to his roots, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a film that on paper sounds dreadful, that absolutely dreadful, but every actor commits to it, so it's it's. It's fantastic because yeah, of I think that. that's what you mean. They all commit, and because of that, it's done so well. Mm. And it doesn't feel like when you actually say it out loud, it sounds really silly and stupid. But it doesn't feel that way when you're watching it. No, not at all. And it's funny. It's genuinely really funny as well. Yeah. But uh, this is action comedy first, not comedy action. Even yes, though it's I think funnier than a lot true. of comedy films I've seen, it is still an action film first, and I yeah. like that about it. Agreed. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. Like I said, I saw it so many times at the cinema, and I think I'm going to rewatch it today because it is great. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch all of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. I might watch some of yours as well, like The Accountant. Definitely The Accountant. 
It sounds like, and this is strange, but it sounds like Kingsman The Secret Service is on Disney Plus on Star, which is super fucking odd yeah, because, this, because there's some talks. really... Oh, is it? Right, that's why. There's some very not Disney uh, yes. jokes on there. That's the only thing, in my opinion, that ruins it, the end scene with the, with the princess, which is supposed to be a Disney princess now. I don't know. Right. I just felt a bit too crude for the whole film. The film didn't go with crude humour. It did. No, it didn't. That's that, that's my opinion, though. That's my opinion. I didn't like the end joke. I loved the uh, also the final scene. I won't spoil anything, but there's a final scene in the pub, and it's really cool. Yes, agreed. Um, it's all really cool. Let's be honest. The first the first scene in the pub's just as cool. Um, yeah. There is a, frequent... but I think I love it because it pays. Maybe not calls the wrong way, but I, I, can I? I'm not I'm pays homage to the it. original. A, yeah, I won't. Yeah, I won't. Callback. I won't say too much in case I spoil anything. But yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a lovely scene actually. Yeah, there is a sequel, a prequel coming out because there was already been a sequel, The Golden Compass, not quite as good in my opinion. Um, the Golden the, what? The Golden, not the Golden Compass. <laughs> um, what's it called? The Golden Circle. Yeah, that's it. Um, but there's a prequel coming out which looks really quite cool. I don't know if it's going. I don't think it's going to be leaning as heavily on the comedy. And it's called The King's Man, and it's set during like World War Two, I believe. Um, and I believe also it stars a uh, relative to um, Eggsy's character, played by Kickass Aaron Taylor Johnson, which would be interesting to see how that all plays out. It's got a great cast: Ralph Fiennes, Gemma Arterton, uh, Reese Evans. Matthew Good, Tom Hollander, uh, Daniel Brohl, Demon Houslow, Charles Dance, Daniel Pucci. Great cast in this prequel. So I'm intrigued by how that's going to play out. It was meant to come out last year, but oh, it, was, it was meant to come out November 2019, but has been delayed and delayed again, partially by the buying of Fox from Disney, partially due to the COVID pandemic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, um, well, I just think it's going to be a cool series of films. I think everything's trying to be the Marvel now, isn't it? Everyone's trying to have this, yeah. all the Fast and the Furious franchise. You know what I mean, they're all trying to franchise it and do as many as they can. Um, but with something like this, I don't mind it at all because it's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, so those were our top five action films. We hope you like listening to them as much as we enjoy making these lists. Um, it was nice to be back, like we've said at the beginning, but actually doing this. It is nice to be back recording again and have a plan for our upcoming slate. Shall we give a little talk about what we've got upcoming? Yeah, I think definitely. So we obviously, as you can tell, this is the first one back. We're continuing with our top five podcast. That will continue um, to be a um, recurring, frequent um, show of ours. Yeah, but what we decided is we felt like uh, energy-wise, maybe, and ideas-wise, that to keep just top fives, especially trying to keep up the upload schedule of once a week, would be impossible. We'd either lose our sort of passion for it or just sort of run out of ideas and we'd start to do things that were a bit too niche and a bit weird, which we still will do, I think, but if it was just that every week... Go on, sorry. I was going to say, we have done niche and weird with the um, podcast spin-off ideas. Yeah, definitely. But like, I feel like if it was every single week we were doing that, you'd yeah, maybe it, get sick of it. Exactly. I agree. So our next mainstay show is Fireside Chats. Take, Take a seat. seat. Um, And that one is going to be sort of what it sounds like. It's going to be us two just chatting, not necessarily on, a, on you know, top five per se. So what we're going to do is each week or each episode of that, 
Uh, one of us picks a more serious topic. One of us picks a sillier topic. And then whoever's hosting it that week, even myself or Mike, uh, we will get a guest topic. So we'll have three topics that we'll be talking about. Um, and there's no necessarily system to how that chat goes. It's just going to be free-flowing, you know, however it goes, it goes. Yeah, it's just us on Mike. Mike and Mike on Mike. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a rough sort of guide to it, but actually it is mainly just going to be us chatting and talking, which we know you guys like to listen to. We hope you guys like to listen to. Yeah. Um, and with the questions, email us in at Podcast. That's not what our email address is. <laughs> email us at mammonpodcast at hotmail.com. And um, if there's any questions that you want to ask, to, to ask us or to, for us to discuss, they can be included on the episode. Um, the other podcasts we do then are uh, Mammon in Review, which is where we pick a franchise series. So currently, like Mike mentioned, it's Fast and the Furious. And each episode, we are reviewing one film. We watch them and review them in order. And then as we watch more, we rank them. That's why it's in review, because each time we do it, it's changing. Um, and what we'll do is we will have a top five with that. So if there's more than five films in the Fast series, so it means some will just completely lose their spots eventually. So when we get to number six in this franchise, we'll obviously have to rank that somewhere. And if it's good enough to be in the top five, it means something that's currently in the top five will move out. Absolutely. And the great thing about that is we will occasionally be coming back to each in review, even if we've finished the franchise. Because, for example, with Fast and Furious, I know that there's another two movies coming out after Fast and Furious 9. Um, we've got other films that I'm looking at now. Well, I'm sure it's no surprise that we're probably going to do the Marvel um, MCU at some point, and we know that there's loads of films in that, and there's loads more expected to come. So every time a new film will come out, we'll possibly do a uh, review while it's at the cinema and discuss it there and then. Then another one is Mammon Does, and that is where Mike and Mike will That's be us. doing new things. So uh, let's not spoil the biggest one we've got planned. Do you want to talk about the... The first Mammon does what that one will be about. Yeah, so both me and Mike have decided that we need to get healthy. And we are not experts in health or fitness or diets or anything like that. So we thought it could be fun. Uh, we'll definitely be putting a um, light-hearted slant on the whole thing to try and attempt healthy living and talk about our um, our sort of struggles with it and what we found easy and what we've enjoyed um, while actually attempting this new lifestyle changes for ourselves i think what will be good about this one i mean obviously mama does will not always just be health and fitness that's just the first no. one we're doing but i think what well, we'll will be good be about going back is, to it every now and again as well yeah but i think what will be good about this one will be about having people who aren't experts talking about it yeah. whereas it's very easy for um joe wick to tell you about it because i always think that it's like you know when you see celebrities are like oh yeah it's dead easy i got in shape in three months i don't know why it took me so long it's like because you had a professional chef cooking your meals for you and you had a professional trainer who basically lived with you for those three months and you didn't um, have to have a life as well yeah exactly so you could train three days a week uh, sorry three times a day because you had nothing else to do mm. I'm wanting to join the gym at the moment, but I'm trying to genuinely think of the schedule to do that because I've got a child, I work, and trying to schedule it around that is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're going to uh, do. If anyone's got any ideas for any other things that they'd like to see us attempt to do, um, be it skydiving, we're not going to do skydiving, but you know what I mean, sort of like experiences that you think might be fun for us to attempt and you think we probably haven't done before, um, drop us an email or let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we'll have a go and see what we can do. 
And our last one is Mammon Discovery, which is where one of the mics will help the other mic discover something new. And what I love about this one, because this is, again, it's always what I wanted the podcast to be, is I'd love someone like you guys listening to join the journey. And like, so for instance, the first one's going to be Mammon Discovery Fancy Books. So obviously I read a lot of fancy books, Mike doesn't. Um, so I'm going to give him sort of three... Uh, introductory books where they're not too heavy and not going to scare anyone off because some of the fantasy books I struggle with, even though I've read so many, it's so dense and difficult. So obviously we're not going to start there. And then in three months, six months time, we're going to revisit. We're going to come back to my discovery and go, okay, did you read the three books yet? What did you think? What did you like? And then I'll give him another three books. So this was going to be a much more long-term one, yes. but means it's realistic for you guys as well to discover alongside us. Um, so there's not too much pressure of, oh God, I've got to read these three books in a month. No, it's unrealistic, particularly if you haven't read in a while. But this could be great for people who haven't read in a long time, but want to get back into it because they know the benefits of it. So it might be nice because you're doing it on a journey with Mike. Uh, and you've hopefully got me alongside to sort of help guide you along there as well if it's something you're interested in. Exactly. So we hope you look forward to those shows. Um, we've bugged our uh, email address and social feeds a lot, but again, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, at Podcast and email Podcast at hotmail.com. If you've got any suggestions about what we're doing or any sort of feedback, we are open to listening to every bit that comes our way. And I think as well, uh, we'll put a poll on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter of our five shows and we want you to vote. Which one are you most excited for? That's really difficult because um, Twitter only allows you to post a poll of four and Instagram and Facebook only allows a poll of two. Well, why don't we do do four then? We'll leave top five off because that's a pre-existing one. That's very true. And then you can do two polls for the other two and you can do a four poll for the other one smart that's what that's why you're paid the big bucks <laughs> um right we will see you next week for our first episode of mammon in review nope what we'll see you next week for our first episode of mammon fireside for keeping it professional as always. Like you say, there's obviously been some big changes <laughs> with this break. Season two is where we become professional. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. That's it. Thanks, uh, thanks, Paul, and thanks for everything. And uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. And stop record.